In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So God willing, today we're going to continue studying the Ten Commandments. We have only two commandments left, the Ninth and Tenth Commandments. Um, the Ninth Commandment is, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Um, which is, you know, more colloquially we refer to as lying. Uh, so we can speak a bit about some types of lies and different forms of lying. Uh, Proverbs 12:22 it says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Also in Ephesians 4:25 it says therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. So we can speak about what are the motivations of lying? Why is it that people lie? Usually lying we, we lie because we're afraid of something or because we have done something else wrong that we are trying to cover up and hide. And so we are trying to, um, like, when we feel like someone is about to expose us or discover what it is that we have done or discover a weakness that I have, um, maybe we lie to avoid confrontation. We, have, we lie to avoid accountability. We lie so that other people don't, you know, see us for how we really are or something that we've actually done. Um, a truthful person is courageous and shoulders the responsibility of his actions. So a person who is truthful, first of all, um, they're much more likely to have always be trying to do the right thing. Like they're not trying to, to cover up anything that they've done, meaning that they are doing the right thing, the thing that should be done. But two, even when they make a mistake, they are not afraid of the consequences. Meaning, of course, you know, there can be bad consequences to when we make mistakes, but they consider that the, the morality of, of being honest and having integrity is more important than trying to protect um, other people from discovering what it is that they did. Also, a lot of times, the types of failures that we fail, that maybe we feel compelled or tempted to lie about, are very common things. They're things that, you know, even if it were found out and discovered, like, okay, there would be some minor consequence and then it would you know it, w it, w it would be resolved or maybe even it could be like a teaching experience like when i fail when i experience the consequences of my failure um, and it is known then that's going to help protect me from failing again it's going to help motivate me not to fall into the same issue again so it's important for us to you know make a commitment to honesty because in the end as we've said before all of the commandments are are really governing our relationship with God. So when we lie to one another, we are breaking God's commandment. We are sinning against God. And even if we're able to, for a time, deceive others into thinking that, you know, not discovering the truth, but there is no way to um, deceive God. And he said that whatever has been whispered in the private room is going to be declared on the housetops, meaning there's only a certain amount of time that we are able to maintain a lie um, until it is known. And a person who is trying to maintain a lie for a very long time is going to be very stressed. They're always going to be thinking and worried about who is going to discover and what is it they have to do. And usually one lie is never enough. Usually have to lie and then that lie brings about another lie which brings about another lie and then you find yourself like in a whole whirlpool of lies or even trying to remember what all the lies are and what people think, right? All of this to try to cover up maybe something that we're afraid of or something that we've done wrong that we're trying to protect our fr ourselves from. Lying is an easy solution used by the weak 
to avoid responsibility and accountability, right? Oftentimes we see it as being an easy solution because it's a very simple thing that I can do to get me out of trouble, right? But maybe in that instant, it gets me out of trouble, but it gets me into a bigger trouble. It gets me into a worse kind of trouble, a more long-term kind of trouble. Um, and, and then, it, like I said, it, it brings out a lot of stress. When it is exposed, it often leads the person to cover up using another lie. So as I said, we go from lie to lie. Also, when a person has a reputation for lying, right, people are not going to trust them. Even when they tell the truth, they don't believe them. You know, we know like the famous story of like the boy who cried wolf, right? It's the same idea, right? The person who has a reputation for not being honest, um, whenever they say something, people are going to try to verify is what they said actually true or not. Is it that they are in fact telling the truth or maybe they are lying because they have lied in the past? We see this very much like, for instance, maybe teenagers who lie to their parents, right? Once the parents discover that the teenagers have lied to them or younger children have lied to them, now they can't just accept at face value anything that is said. And everything has to be verified and confirmed and make sure that this is in fact the truth, what people are, what the kids are actually saying. And it ruins the reputation of the kids. And then even when the kids are telling the truth, the parents hesitate to just believe what they say and they, they ask many questions and they ask their friends and they ask the parents of their friends and they ask the teachers and they, they go around trying to speak to all these different people to, to prove what their kids are saying is true. And of course this hurts the kids even more because the kids feel that they are not trusted and that parents are not believing them. But to be honest, the parents have, you know, are justified in what they're doing because if the kids are gonna very easily lie, it's gonna be hard for them to gain the trust back again. So one aspect of lying is once someone has been um, like exposed in his lies, it takes a very, very long time for that person to be trusted again. Um, and one of the consequences of that. Um, the person may resort to swearing to prove the truth of what he says, but people even doubt his oaths for his words have simply lost their authenticity. No matter what this person does after they've been exposed as having lied, um, whatever promises they make, whatever oaths they take, maybe in the end people are not going to um, accept them still. Lying is a double sin that most often hides behind it another sin. It is a cover-up for a pre previous sin or a ruse for a future one. So usually lying doesn't happen alone because the only reason that I would lie is if there is something that if it were be exposed, it would get me in some kind of trouble, something that I shouldn't have done or, or I'm planning to do that I shouldn't do and I lie to cover it up so lying usually is a sin that's used to cover up another sin, um, as opposed to being a sin kind of independent on its own. We know that the devil actually is the first liar, right? In, in John 8, 44, um, Christ said about the devil, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Meaning he is the source of all falsehood. Just as Christ is the source of all truth, that he said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he is the source of all truth. The devil is the source of all lies. And he is the first liar. He is the one who came to Eve and told her the exact opposite of what is it that God had said. God said, if you eat the tree from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And the devil flat out told her the exact opposite. He said, no, you will not surely die. And of course, because Eve wanted the lie to be the truth, she accepted it, right? So the lie was very seductive. It was a seductive lie that was able to bring her to fall and to sin against God. We see lying very commonly, of course, in our society. Um, we're going to speak about all kinds of different lies, but 
Um, all of these types of lies we see are used, for instance, in the news and in the media. Um, manipulation, flat out contradiction, simply saying what's false, like without even trying to cover it up, just to say what's false in order to manipulate people. Um, so keep this in mind because this is like we live in a world now that's so full of lies. Like uh, there's lies everywhere. We don't even know where to turn to see to find the truth or what is the truth, right? Which is a big problem. Because if you take that boy who cried wolf analogy and now you apply that to every single person, right? No one can believe anyone. No one can trust anyone. The everyone is subject to, to, de to, being, to, to, to deceive you. And so how is it that you find the truth? Who do you go to for the truth, right? And this is actually one of the, 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 the things that causes society to crumble because no one can trust anyone else. So what are some types of lies? The first one is what we'll call false witness. Okay, so this is aimed at convincing others uh, to um, by harming them or discrediting them, right? So, so for instance, if um, I am trying to harm another person, trying to harm their reputation, so I say false things about them so that they would be discredited, so that other people would not take them seriously, so other people would think that they're bad people in some way. Um, because I have something against those people, I try to invent things. Um, in Acts 6, verse 13, it says, They also set up false witnesses who said, The man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. This is speaking about St. Stephen. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. And so they set up these false witnesses. People are they're going to say something that is a lie, saying, accusing him of being blasphemous, of committing blasphemy against God. And they did this because they wanted support of people to attack him. Also, um, the story of Naboth, who owned a vineyard, um, right next to the vineyard of the king, of King Ahab. And the king wanted the vineyard of Naboth. And so he offered to, to buy it for him, from him. But Naboth refused. So Ahab was very upset. And, and, Je and Jezebel, his wife, came up with a scheme in order for her to obtain for her husband this vineyard. Um, and so essentially she uh, hired some people to sit next to him at a banquet and to accuse him of blasphemy. And they said about him, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king, and they had him killed, right? Again, this is straight up just false witness, using lies in order to get what we want by discrediting other people and ruining their reputation so that they would be removed. Maybe you could think of somebody like if you have a coworker um, who you don't like for whatever reason, and then someone trying to portray that person as being very bad, a bad worker, um, coming in late, exposing them in whatever way, even completely making up things against them um, in order to get them fired or demoted or some other way punished in order for me to be rid of them, right? This is the same kind of thing here um, that we see in, in First Kings. So that's false witness. Another type of lying is uh, flattery, flattery and favoritism. In this form of lying, it comes in the form of excessive praise, excessive praise, um, and, and it actually is hurting the person that is being praised because they're getting false information. They're, they're being told that they're great, right? And the reason they're being told that they're great is for the sake of manipulating them. If I want something from you and I want to have favor in your eyes, I will tell you all of these great things that you want to hear in order to get what I want from you. So it's the same goal. The goal is still to selfishness. This goal is still to get something for myself, but I'm doing it through uh, what appears to be innocuous. It's not um, acrimonious. It's not. It's not um, like it doesn't result in conflict necessarily with this person, and this person doesn't know 
doesn't realize that I'm not really being sincere and honest in my praise for them. Um, I just keep building them up, not because I care about them or because I really believe that what they are doing is so great, but simply because I want them to treat me well. And I feel that if I flatter them, then they will give me what I want. So it's aimed at manipulating someone to obtain something from them. You know, some forms of manipulation are through violence and aggression, intimidation. And other forms of manipulation could be more sneaky, like through praise and manipulation. What makes this sin more abominable is the hypocrisy of commending a person in their presence while also criticizing them in their absence. So maybe in reality, I, I actually speak poorly about this person. Maybe I, I, I attack them. Maybe I gossip about them. Maybe I say all kinds of bad things about them. But in their presence, right? Well, no, I'm not going to say that. And actually, many people maybe do this with their boss, right? <laughs> when you speak about your boss in private, um, you say all kinds of stuff about this person, and you gossip about him with your coworkers, about how horrible he is. But when he is present, you're definitely not going to say those things, right? What are you going to say? Yes, I'm going to do exactly what you want and all this stuff, and you know, because you want to get a promotion, you want to raise, you want to have his favor. So there is a hypocrisy here because you are not being like the same in, in all scenarios, in all cases. There is, there, is some, th there is some flattery that you are giving them for the sake of wanting to gain for yourself. And this is actually a form of lying. Another form of lying is half-truths, okay? And maybe it's easy to justify half-truths because we'll say, well, what I said was true. Yeah, what you said was true, the words were true, but the message that was delivered was false, right? So even though the words themselves are true, that doesn't mean that I spoke truth because I knew very well that what the person is going to understand from what I said is false, right? So um, while the information presented is true, relevant information is concealed to change the appearance of an issue. So I'm not revealing everything, and because I'm not revealing everything, the, the message that's delivered is a different message. An example of this is the disclosure of a person's weak points and the concealment of his good ones, thus presenting a distorted image that is completely opposite to the actual one. So for instance, if I'm wanting to like uh, hurt the reputation of another person, um, I can find maybe the one small thing that they did wrong, and I, I exaggerate it, and I emphasize it, and I speak about it, but I ignore the hundreds of other very good things that that person did, and that if you were really to meet this person, you would you would understand who they were, but the 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 message that I'm that I'm that I have from them is that that it's false. Um, so, like, an important part of this is we can't just justify to ourselves, well, what I'm saying is true just because of the words I said. We have to ask, like, what message am I giving? And again, there's a reason why I'm speaking in half truths. Maybe I'm speaking in half truths because I'm trying to cover up something. There's something that is wrong that I need to cover up and I need to protect myself. Um, there's something I want to achieve, some goal I want to achieve, and I know that if I am if I'm 100% truthful, then I will not get what I want, right? And so maybe we resort to these half-truths. Another type of lying is exaggeration, okay? Exaggeration is intended to create an emotional response regarding the extreme nature of an issue. So like if I'm trying to make a point in an argument and in order to make my point more effectively, I need to multiply the numbers of the things that I'm talking about to make it seem like, well, this, is, this issue is so bad, so, so bad, you know? 
like how how many people like i remember actually when we were talking about abortion um the the people who were trying to sell abortion as legalizing it back when abortion like technologies first started um they 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 admitted later that they lied about the number of women who were having uh that were that were getting um injured uh because of trying to do self abortions themselves because it wasn't legal and they just multiplied the number by 10 and they said well once we tell people that all of these women are being hurt because abortion is not legal then more people are going to support our cause and the guy who did it he he blatantly admitted later that they just multiplied the number by 10 the actual number so the purpose of the exaggeration was in order to convince people of something right if you want to get people to make a decision um, to correct something you want that thing to appear really really bad because you want them to make that choice that decision so it's very easy to exaggerate and again maybe kind of like the half truths exaggeration maybe it's easy for us to justify it because you know i just feel like well uh, you know maybe maybe it's a little more than i know or you know um portraying someone's failure as being far worse than it really was right again maybe i want this person fired so i go report them and i report that the stuff they did was much much worse than what it really was like so again exaggeration is a way to um you know to 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 get what i want what about the reputation of the liar? The greater the reputation of the liar, the more likely he is trusted without examination, and thus the more abominable is the lie. Meaning, the person who is placed in the positions of greatest trust, so like for instance, like a prophet or a king, a leader of some sort, that person has been entrusted by many, many people in order to be faithful because their decisions and their actions um, have a very, very big effect and influence on so many right and so when a person who is very trusted lies or deceives right then it has a far greater effect in jeremiah 23 it says i have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying i have dreamed i have dreamed things what like there's false prophets who whenever they are asked to prophesy instead of speaking the truth they speak falsehood because they they want to tell the person who is is speaking to them who is a powerful person they want to tell them what they want to hear there was a story about this in first kings about um, when king ahab wanted to go to war uh against syria and he wanted to know whether god was blessing this war or not whether he was going to win in the war and so he had many many false prophets that he surrounded himself with and whenever he would ask these false prophets they told him yes of course king go and fight and god will be with you and you will be victorious and all of this and then so King Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, he told them, is there no other prophets other than these prophets? Like, do we have any prophets of the Lord? And then the king Ahab responded and he said, yes, there is one. There is one prophet, but I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he always tells me the truth, which is something that I don't want to hear. And so he went and found this prophet. His name was Micaiah. And, and Micaiah, when he prophesied, when the king asked him, are, are we going to win? And he said, no, you're not going to win. Right? And so, so sometimes, you know, we just want to surround ourselves with liars, liars that lie in the way we like to make, to, to, to kind of bolster ourselves, to puff ourselves up, to make us feel good about our decisions. You know, friends, for instance, like people who choose friends for themselves so that are not going to rebuke them for their behavior, 
right? They're just going to accept whatever it is that they tell them. Whatever it is that they, they see, them. no one's ever going to say, no, you're wrong. You're not, they're not going to say, what you're doing is wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You need to change something. No, I surround myself with yes men. I surround myself with people who are always just going to make me feel comfortable about what I'm doing so that I never feel convicted of having to do anything different. This is like what King Ahab was doing. And so this, of course, um, is, is, is wrong. And again, after some time, the, 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 it will destroy the reputation of these people. They will become known as being liars, um, and it's very hard to regain that again. Why do people lie? So some people believe that lying saves them from consequences, and so they resort to it to conceal a certain sin. But if we look throughout history, you find that all the people, well, I want to say all, but most people who have lied in some way, they end up getting caught. So and and, and the, the consequence of them at that point when they have been caught is far worse than if they had simply admitted to what it was that they did from the very beginning. Because as I said, one lie begets another lie begets another lie and you go deeper and deeper and deeper down like this path of, of wrongdoing before you're detected and now you have a whole trail of sin behind you that you have committed. Whereas if from the very first moment after you committed the first sin, you said, you know what, I need to just confess this confess that I made this mistake and I you know and then I'll accept whatever consequences there are even if there are consequences in the in the world because of what I've committed but my conscience is clear and I won't be tormented inside of myself all the time living with a lie that people are, are treating me and acting as though I am one person but I'm actually in reality another person um, a person may be driven to lie by embarrassment fear or the questioners insistence so there's another reason actually like Maybe I'm just embarrassed about what it is that I'm being asked. Or the questioner's insistence, meaning meaning what? Meaning when somebody wants to know some piece of information and we don't want to give it because it's private, right? It's private information. Somebody asks you something that you don't want to disclose. Sometimes people resort to lying in this case and they just tell them something false, right? Now, in reality, we don't have to answer if it's private information there's nothing that compels us to have to answer. But to be honest means that I'm not going to mislead them, right? Um, when you don't want to answer either, what we can keep silent, meaning I just don't have to answer at all, or I can try to change the discussion, the conversation to focus on something else. A lot of times like giving a, like a joking answer and then pivoting to a different topic will send the message that we're not really wanting to answer this question. Um, sometimes we can just straight up say, sorry, I can't tell you this, right? Um, you know, or we could say, well, I can't tell you everything, but I'll tell you something, right? Um, it kind of depends on the situation. It depends on what it is. It depends on what our relationship is with those people, right? But even in a situation like this, where we are justified in not disclosing information that's private to us, even in this, we shouldn't lie. We shouldn't, we shouldn't deceive people. We can still be clear. We can still be honest of who we are. And actually, this really builds up you know, people's trust for us because they know that no matter what it is they ask us, whatever we say to them is not going to be false. Some people, and this is a difficult one, some people might lie to spare another person's feelings, right? So somebody asks, like, do I look good in, this, in these clothes? <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to answer this one. <laughs> so how do you find a right balance between like not hurting people by telling them bluntly the truth, right? Because 
I'll give, I'll give you an example, like children, right? Children, we are trying to encourage them in order to grow and to, you know, use their skills and, and learn. But they're definitely not at the level of an adult, for instance. So when, when your child comes and brings you a piece of paper with a bunch of scribble on it, and then they ask you, like, is this good? It's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, great how? Like, could this be even considered to be lying? Well, it's great for their level, right? Like, it's great for what they're able to achieve. You know, it's, it's definitely not like artwork that you would put, like, in a museum. But it's good for them. So even when we are speaking to people and we, are, we, we don't want to, like, there's a balance between, like, flattery and just outright lying, right, about what it is versus having some kind of balanced view that we can communicate in a way that doesn't hurt their feelings but at the same time doesn't over-exaggerate what it is, all right? But this is a difficult one because a lot of times the reasons that people choose to lie is because they don't want to offend someone. Um, but even this we should avoid, right? We can try to find a way as much as we can in each situation to avoid doing this. While there is wisdom in not bluntly revealing everything, we should not lie about it. Sometimes painful truths are what is needed to help a person improve. There are times actually, like let's say someone comes and says, do you agree with my decision to do X, Y, Z? And we know that if I say no, I don't agree, then that person is gonna be upset, right? Um, and so it's easy to say, sure, sure, you know, I agree. But what if they need to hear? What if they need to be upset? What if they need to hear that this isn't the right course of action? And if I'm really a good friend, then my, my job is not to just avoid you being offended, but my job is to help you, like, and see things maybe that you do not see. Just like the prophet's job is to tell the king the truth, even if what he wants to hear, even if w what I'm saying is not what he wants to hear. Um, you know, you can think of this like maybe an extreme example. Imagine if you have a doctor who diagnoses his patient with cancer, but he d is afraid to tell him because it will hurt his feelings, right? So if the patient doesn't know that he has cancer, he's not going to treat it right? And he's going to die. But if he knows that he has cancer, he's going to be very upset in that visit when the doctor tells him you have cancer. He's going to be very upset. But at that point, he's able to take actions to help himself to get treatment. So sometimes um, we lie to avoid hurting other people's feelings, but they actually need to hear the truth. Now, that doesn't mean that we say it in an, in an untactful way or we say it in as blunt way. We can try to, to find a wise way of doing it. Just like St. Paul, whenever he would rebuke people, he would first focus on all their positive qualities. He would remind them of all their positive qualities and say all the good things about them. Then he would say the, 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 the criticism, and then he would conclude again with all the positive qualities. It's called the St. Paul sandwich. Okay, You start with the good, and then you say the bad, and then you end with the good. Right? So the good at the beginning is like preparing them for the, for the brunt of the force they're about to receive, which is the criticism. And then the good at the end is so that they remember that you still see them in a positive light. Just because I criticized you in some aspect, it doesn't mean that I define you according to that criticism. No, you have many other positive qualities, which is true for all of us. We have positive qualities, but it doesn't mean that we are perfect and we are called to always be trying to improve ourselves. So even in this, whenever we are kind of put in a situation where, where maybe if we tell a person our opinion truthfully that it might hurt their feelings, even in this there is value. 
right? Even in this, we can help one another, but of course each person has to be able to receive that criticism with wisdom. Is concealment the same thing as lying? No, a person is entitled to keep certain information private. There are certain matters um, that are harmful to make public. There are confessions that should remain concealed, facts that, should be that, that are better to remain unknown, and spiritual mysteries that should remain hidden, right? So when we say that we shouldn't lie, it doesn't. It's not the same thing as saying I need to. Could, I need to reveal everything about me to everyone. That's not. That's not. It's not lying to hide things. It's not. It's not lying to keep things private. Now, if I'm put on the spot and I need to give an answer, then this is. You know, I have to think about what is it that I'm going to say and why. But certainly, um, if if I am lying to protect myself because I've fallen into another sin, then there's a problem. But all of us have private information, private things about ourselves that we don't want to conceal, uh, that we don't want to reveal, and that's fine. God Himself does not reveal everything, right? Even to those people who ask Him, God does not reveal everything, right? So it is our right to conceal certain facts, right? And as I said, there's different ways to refuse to answer, um, but but it's important to understand that that's not the same thing as lying, right? Any comments or questions about this commandment? Okay, next time, God willing, um, we will talk about the last commandment, which is um, you shall not covet. Okay, you can pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing in all things, and we ask, O God, that you help us to fulfill your commandments and to walk with you in purity and righteousness without deception or hiding or concealing, O Lord, from you all that we are. We ask, O Lord, that you fill us with your grace and you help us, O Lord, during this time of the Holy 50 days to experience the victory of your resurrection. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints here as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, communion the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.